What would be your personal answer to the following question? Why does the European Union need nation states? Maybe a possible reaction to this question would be, well, does it need, I mean, the European Union, nation states at all? Isn't it the mission of the European Union to move beyond the era of nation states, which has brought nothing but wars to Europe? And now we are in the beginning of a period of peace because we move beyond nation states. Therefore, the European Union herself should become something like a post-national nation state, or at least a state. Frankly, in Germany, you would get a lot of applause stating the issue as follows, because the German vision with respect to the European Union has been, still is, and for many decades will be, we want to get rid of German nationality, of the German nation, because it has been so awful a danger for Germany's neighbors in Europe. Therefore, if all of us would learn the German lesson that we have to move beyond the nation state, and this is the reason why we create the European Union, then Europe would, end, would enter in an era of endless peace. But this is a very unique situation and position, and it seems that nobody in Europe really shares this German approach. And maybe one day the Germans themselves will understand that and correct the wrong approach to the European Union. So, we need really to answer the question, why does the European Union need nation states? And I want to briefly discuss three reasons for that. First reason, the European Union is an association of nation states who freely have shared parts of their sovereignty because they have the feeling that in certain policy areas they can better pursue their goals when sharing sovereignty and not when acting alone as nation states. The basic point can be expressed as follows. Whatever the European Union is, she is no empire. An empire is a political construction top-down. A leading power extends her territory, the people ruled by the supreme power, in order to bring peace, to construct a common culture out of diversity. This is how the old Assyrian Empire lived for over 2,000 years. This is how the Roman Empire has integrated the classic world. This is how the Ottoman Empire has worked. This is how the Russian Empire still is working. We handle diversity and different cultures by simply integrating this diversity, these different cultures, under a common umbrella, a common political system by supreme authority, not by a sultan or by a tsar or by an emperor, but by the rule of law, the rule of law as defined by the European Court of Justice and as suggested by the European Commission. This is kind of an imperial thinking, a top-down approach. 
And this is not really how the European Union has been constructed and how we want it to function. The European, the European Union is a bottom-up construction, open for new member states and legitimate as long as the people of the member states really think they want to share sovereignty and they want to cooperate, giving up some parts of their national sovereignty for common goals. And since we do not want the European Union to, be, to become an empire, we need nation states as the building blocks of the European Union. The second argument has to do with democracy. The Europeans fail today, we did not so throughout history, the Europeans feel today that democracy is an important, an integral part of European culture. How can we organize democracy? It's not as simple as it may seem. In classic times, people knew to organize democracy within a city-state. But the Greek federations of the Hellenistic period, although they tried to organize themselves, these federations, as democratic ones, came to the limits of this attempt. They were oligarchies. And of course, so was the Roman Republic. The Roman Empire, it could not be run with democracy. There was central imperial power and there were provincial diets integrating the regional elites. No democracy. Democracy was invented later on. And as a footnote, only as a footnote, I would to add, representative democratic government was invented within the church, within the Dominican order in the early 13th century. And later on in the secular spheres of European culture, the idea of representative democracy uh, got a certain importance. And today we become think about ourselves and how we organize our living without referring to the idea of democracy. Yet democracy needs a demos, who is meant to kratain, as it is put in Greek. So the question is, what is and who is the European demos. What is the people of Europe who wants herself to govern in a democratic way? Well, here it is necessary to be aware of the fact that the question as to what is the European people is not a question regarding ethnicity, origin. Being a people means the feeling of being together, being the part of a bigger total. And so being a people required for democracy has something to do with communication. The people who wants itself to govern for the people, by the people, and so on, this people is a construction by communication. So the question is, do we have a common European public sphere? Do we have a mutually shared European communication system? Mutually shared European media? Such that everybody can see this is going on right now in European politics and I'm so happy to be a part of it. We don't have that. 
because we have different languages, and Hungarians are very proud that they have a very special language. Of course, English is a second language for many people in the European Union, but more for the educated, not for the working class. And democracy understood as an endeavor, as a game only for the better off, is not the idea of democracy that we share. So as long as we have no common public communication space in Europe, we won't have a European people. And constructing democracy without a people who wants to share a common fate and destiny will not work in practice. And then comes the institutional question. We have learned how to organize democracy in a nation state. And it is no, not, not simply a historical contingency that the nation state and democracy emerged at the same period in Europe. We know how to organize democracy in a nation state. We elect parliaments, we make governments dependent on parliaments, we have political parties, interest groups, we have critical media and an active civil society, and this is working quite nicely, of course with some disturbances, but we can be proud of this achievement. Do we have any idea how to organize democracy beyond the nation state? On the level of the United Nations, no idea presumably even not possible. The European Union is a big social experiment on how to organize democracy beyond the nation state. And what can we see when evaluating this experiment? To put a lengthy issue in very brief terms, we are so proud that we have some democracy in the European Union because we have the European Parliament, which is elected democratically. Fine. Usually, we think, when thinking about free and democratic elections, we think of the rule, one person, one vote, and all the votes with an equal weight. Look at the European Parliament. The weight of the vote of a person from Malta or Austria or Luxembourg, the weight is much bigger than the weight of a German. Because the seats are not distributed proportionally to population throughout the European Union. How can you have legitimate democracy without at least some proportionality of the political influence the voters have in the different European states? It simply does not work because either you inflate the European Parliament such that it has the size of the Supreme Soviet of the former Soviet Union, which cannot work in practice, or you keep it at 400, 500, 600, 700, maybe 800 persons, and then you can't have a proportion, a fair, a fair uh, representation of the proportions of, uh, of the population figures in the European Union. It does not work and so many people feel that it does not work. If you want to have a strong executive instead of having only a guardian of uh, the treaties on which the European Union is founded, if you want to have a political commission, it should be controlled by the parliament. Sure. Of course, the European Commission is parliamentarized in a certain degree. The president needs support by the parliament. The commissioners need support by the parliament. But if the parliament itself does not meet all the criteria which are important for democratic representation, legitimizing a political 
commission by a not so nicely democratically legitimized parliament does not work the trick. So we have problems establishing European democracy. And the only resource for generating democratic legitimacy in Europe is a nation state, out of which the union has been built and with nation states as the most important building materials of ever future European Union. And the third reason why we need nation states is good governance. Whatever we need, whatever we request from government is good governance. Well, how can we provide or make sure that good governance is enacted? Certainly not with a highly centralized bureaucracy, which is typical or has been typical for all the empires throughout history. We need a combination from subsidiarity and home rule. Subsidiarity means that we need nation states because they have a subsidiary role vis-a-vis -vis of the European Union. We need nation states to meet the requirement of subsidiarity, which is the best way to have good governance close to the people with the wisdom that can be shared between administrators, politicians, and the citizenry. So we need nation states for good governance, but this is not everything which needs to be said on this issue. We need citizens who are devoted to self governance, to home rule, to influence the laws under which they live, to participate in the administration of their public and political affairs. We need, to put it differently, patriotism. Patriotism can be cultivated in small unities. Even in a nation state it may be possible. What about European patriotism? Without any doubt, those coming back from overseas, from the Americas, from Asia, from Africa, and seeing the wonderful blue flag with the golden stars start to feel at home when coming back home to Europe. No doubt about that. But more than this feeling, any obligation derived from a feeling of patriotism? I'm not so sure about it. But it is quite evident that patriotism can and is be cultivated and is an important resource on lower levels, in particular on the level of nation states, as can be seen in Ukraine right now. So three reasons for having nation states and not doing away with nation states in the European Union. The Union should be no empire. It should be built bottom up, not top down. We want democracy and we do not know how to organize democracy efficiently, sustainably beyond the nation state, and we want to have good governance, and for this we need subsidiarity, and therefore the appropriate level of government and the spirit of patriotism. Conclusion, a European Union which, does to get, which likes to get rid of nation states, which likes to say, well, we, the Commission, we are not guardians of the treaties. We are something like a government. We want to push the EU in a certain direction. And those nation states who will not abide by the rules, who will not follow our leadership, they're somehow awkward, not fitting in the overall picture. They should be punished. 
And maybe it would be better for the whole European Union if these countries would simply go away. Like the Brits, pity. Like Hungary and Poland one day, and without Hungary and Poland, the European Union would be just wonderful. Presumably not. This is exactly the way to delegitimize what has been achieved. This brings into jeopardy what has been achieved. And the European Union, whatever it may be, in historical perspective, is one of the biggest and greatest and most important achievements we Europeans have created over history. We need not put this into risk. And all European policymaking not taken into proper perspective the important role of nation states will jeopardize our European, our common European endeavor. And all this ultra-virus policy-making or attempted policy-making, they do not strengthen our union, they make it weaker. So, if we really want to move towards an ever more perfect union, let's not forget the nation-state. Let's cultivate nation-states who share sovereignty, but do not give up themselves. And this was my answer to the question, why does the European Union need nation-states? Thanks for your attention.